know that there is something magical inside of you, but you don't know how to uncover it? The Heart Sing Podcast is dedicated to just that, helping you put yourself first and figure out what lights you up. I'm your host, Addie B, aka Slayer of Namaslayer, and through my journey of losing nearly 100 pounds, uncovering the magic of my soul, and building the life of my dreams, I'm leaving no stone unturned in the process of self-discovery. And I'm here to share it all with you. So let's get started. You are listening to episode eight of the Heart Sing podcast, Missing Morning Mindset and Meditation. And you know what they say, eight is great. And so shall this episode be. If you were called to be here and listen, settle in, get your feet in the earth if you can, or stare outside at a tree and allow yourself to think, what if? Allow yourself to release your ego and just for a short time, listen and then listen to your own soul, not your thoughts, but your life force energy that is as much a part of you as it is in me. I'm recording this episode on Christmas Eve of 2020 and was thinking about all things Christmas and how this year has changed our holiday season for so many, a lot because of limitations due to the pandemic and being more limited about where we can go and who we can see. And as you may know from my 300-pound ball of misery story in episode one, I am no stranger to being apart from those I love or to loss in general, just as I'm sure you have experienced some form of loneliness, loss, or you know, longing to be with somebody. Today, I'm going to share with you some concepts that helped me manage my mind, my heart, my soul around being 2,500 miles away from my young daughter in Hawaii, and also the loss of my mother through her battle with cancer and a greater understanding of my father's death over 20 years later. I hope that these concepts can help you too, as they did me, and bring you some solace, hope, and joy, and heart sing through the messages learned through dealing with this. And looking back on 2017, where it was all culminating to create this, my being in a 300-pound ball of misery, and yes, I'm air quoting that right now. No, you can't see it, but I am. The weight I was seeking to lose, though, when I set out on this quest, it was just a symptom of this misery I was feeling, and in no small part to not listening to my soul, but also not knowing how to feel my emotions and understand that I was creating them. I had no tools or very limited to manage my mind and my soul for that matter. You know, we're not taught these things in school and we do need to rectify that, by the way. That was a squirrel thought. And back to the misery, which I promise is going to lead to the magic and the heart saying and hopefully some tools that you can uh, and some lessons to take with you as well. In order for me to move to Arizona to be with my mother, I was in Hawaii at the time and she was fighting stage four cancer. And I had to make a decision that was really, it was the most difficult decision of my life. And it pulled at every fiber of my being. Moving here to Arizona to be near my mom meant leaving my youngest daughter in Hawaii with her father. And we had been divorced for quite some time. So that was already the norm, but not being present on the island every day and just being able to be right there. This was an entirely new aspect 
to our relationship. And honestly, I don't think the thought would have even occurred to me that I could even ever possibly leave and go be with my mother until I was talking to her dad. And we talked through everything and it came throughout that conversation that it was right for me to go be with my mom right now or at that time. And I look back and I can see the magic in that one decision and everything that was going to happen after. But in that moment, it was heart-wrenching. You know, I arrived to Arizona and I was immediately so grateful I was here. I knew I was in the right place, but it didn't make it any easier. Much like many of you right now that are not able to visit loved ones in long-term care facilities or travel to places the you know to see those you miss so much, my heart was just aching. And my daughter, my baby, you know, she was 2,500 miles away. I had all of these thoughts, you guys, about how I was the worst mother ever on the planet, how I was going to miss so much of her life, and on and on. You can imagine, right? Especially being the mom in our society, we see this happen a lot with the fathers. But we also, I think, have different standards and beliefs around mothers. And many people would argue at this point, but I think if we're being honest, (laughs) we all do, right? Just like women, we are taught through example to sacrifice ourselves growing up like our mothers did and those before them, right? It's a fiber of our society where we grew up in and ultimately was in my being too and not just in motherhood. It was reflected in my job, my relationships, always putting myself last. This was deep inside of me and I didn't know, but I was about to uncover it all and find out why putting me first was so important. All of these thoughts I had were putting me into a bigger tailspin of misery and I could see my mom go through her radiant, she was radiant throughout the battle, right, with cancer and she was, but she was fading. And my mom and I had always been close and we would talk about how we were even closer when we didn't live in the same city. So I tried to use this concept with my daughter and we continued, I worked to build our relationship, but I literally still had myself in a ball of misery with all of these thoughts. I was over drinking and I went back to work. So I was overworking too. And I had eaten my way up to 300 pounds, gaining 50 pounds in less than a year. And when I decided to go back to work here in Arizona, I knew that I was not going to head back to Hawaii. I had a lot of medical issues there and had fought for years and realized that although I was in a ball of misery, at least I was not also physically miserable, but I didn't know how I was going to be a good mom, but I was going to figure this out. And that's when something magical happened. As I set out on this weight loss quest to take off this weight I had put on and the weight I had on before I put that weight on, I uh, uncovered meditation. And what timing. And not only did I learn to handle my stress, but for the first time, I touched the space where I just knew. And meditation is a tool that can help take us to that place where we understand that, where We see we are the life force energy, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. And throughout history, we've been shown these paths to get to this space called samadhi in, in Sanskrit or unity, where we are one with creation. The word yoga actually is derived from Sanskrit root yuj, yoj, meaning to join or to yoke or to unite. And the eight limbs of yoga, for example, share these paths to our spiritual selves through how we live. 
before I started learning all of this, you guys, I thought yoga was just an activity I did to make my booty look better and, and some yoga pants. Who's with me? It's okay. You can admit it. It's totally me too. Well, I've since learned Patton Jolly, a sage from ancient India that wrote the yoga, yoga, yoga sutras, shares that the eight limbs are basically a guide for uh, how to reach our highest self. And just real briefly, you guys, these include yama, attitudes toward our environment, niyama, attitudes toward ourselves, asana, physical postures, which is the yoga we think we, you know, use to look better in our yoga pants, pranayama, restraint or breathing exercises, practice with the breath, pratyahara, withdrawal of the senses, dhyana, concentration, and dhyana, meditation, and samadhi. And we have all of these um, different paths into self-actualization to this space where we find this knowing. And most people will agree universally that meditation is a, a path that we can get there and continue this journey of awakening on another level of consciousness. It's in this space of stillness that we are in, in an awakened state of being in this space, the void. We're also in this space during deep sleep, but meditation is a little different because we're still aware, but yet we're not. <laughs> it's virtually impossible to put into words, which is why it's been such a struggle for centuries. And we've interpreted it so differently over the years. And, you know, now we have science that is starting to show us the difference in energy levels when people are in meditation. We're increasing the telomeres, our life expectancy, where science is becoming the language that is showing us that meditation is a path to longevity and self-actualization. And But since it's Christmas, let's revert back to our old language, our language we've been used to for generations, and talk about Jesus and meditation a little bit. And um, let's talk about Jesus as a teacher. I was listening to Oprah and Eckhart Tolle talk about his book, A New Earth, and she was discussing reconciling her spiritual journey with Christianity. And she said throughout this, she came to the realization for her that Jesus didn't come here to start Christianity. Rather, he came here to show us how to reach that path of enlightenment. And as we can read in the Bible, John 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Oh, yes, indeed, Jesus. You showed us how trouble does not affect our being, the essence of who we are, and was telling us through that example that we can know all is possible by seeking it within us. But what about meditation? You're going to say, right? Because that's where my brain went. Did, did Jesus meditate? I had to Google this because in what we hear about in the Christian religion, most of them that I'm aware of, people don't go around talking about it. In fact, I know people that have a difficulty reconciling it because of their religion and they think it's something they're not supposed to do. And I found a lot of theory out there to support the opposite in that meditation is actually mentioned throughout the Bible. And also, you know, is not prayer considered a form of meditation depending on how it's done and delivered? 
I find this fascinating and could talk about it for hours, you guys. If it piques your interest, go on Google and um, see what you can find, and you'll be in a rabbit hole soon, too. I'm just going to say that I believe Jesus was showing us the path of prayer, stillness, faith, knowing that is the experience I've had, and I've heard so many others have had through the practice of meditation and obviously other paths. And no one path is absolute or right. They're all, and this is how spirituality encompasses all religions, right? There's lessons in each religion from all spiritual leaders, from all different methods to reach the samadhi or the union. It just is. Like where gravity exists, so does the unity. And when we get to that space, you just know it's an experience. And how does one describe it? How do we, like, we take a dip in what some call the gap, the space between thoughts that we bring this experience call, you know, we bring it back to life. We're just more refreshed and blissful and happy. And you just know everything's going to be okay. I knew my mom was spirit, that this physical self was just that. I just knew. It was in that knowing that I started to awaken to so much more. And Mother Teresa said, when you have nothing left but God, you have more than enough to start over. And we're told this over and over again from teachers in the past, present. It's all around us now. Enjoy the now. Be present. God, life force, energy, the universe, whatever you want to call it, this truth of who we are is everything. It's, it's all there is because it is. I remember the first time I heard Byron Katie speaking with Oprah. I had gone to my mountain, still juggling my balls of misery around like a bunch of hot potatoes, right? Like still all over. Even though I had this knowing, it wasn't absolute and it still isn't. It's still a battle of living in the in the world, in the now, and seeking the magic, right? And this is what I'll seek till the end. And it was on this mountain, though, that I heard Byron Katie and I had another big aha. As she was talking to Oprah about what is real and what do we really know to be true, I started to question my perception on how I was seeing things and the world changed again. I started to apply this knowing and this thinking to all things. My mom was ill because she was, and she was supposed to be. How do I know? Because she is, because it is. My dad died from obesity and heart disease at 44. Why? Because he did, and it happened, and it was. My daughter is right where she's supposed to be, across the ocean, and I was where I am supposed to be. Why? Because we were. And releasing the need to justify anything, to bring judgments to it. I mean, who's to say my father's path wasn't served just as it was? It was because he did. He came here to do what he did because it was. That's crazy, right? His path served my path, clearly. It inspired a life of seeking health, weight loss, and leading me to ultimately recognize my true self, my I am, which has led me to uncovering so much more than just a thinner body, a healthier self. It led to my soul shining and singing. All of this led me to be in a better example of what is possible for my girls and other women that are seeking like, like I, I am still too. The only reason I was feeling poorly about any of these things was because of how I was perceiving it or choosing to think about it. And this brings us to another key understanding that 
was part of my power to create, really understanding that I am creating everything in my world and starting the awareness of what my thoughts are. So I had this awakening and realized I wasn't my thoughts. I understood I was the observer that there was something bigger than Addie. Okay, I got that. I knew this was true on like the absolute level. I wasn't quite sure how the heck that was going to help me while I was walking around and interacting in my day-to-day world, you know, meditation helped reduce the stress, bring me clarity, purpose, understanding, but I still didn't know how to manage all these feelings and emotions. Another skill we're not taught, emotional intelligence, understanding what these feelings are in our body and why we have them. The first step in in this, I talked about last week in the habits episode where I started to identify the urges in my body. When I started to learn to feel these vibrations and label the emotions and try it the next time you're feeling some discomfort, notice what changes in your body. Are you a little sweaty? Is your heart fluttering? Your stomach feel topsy-turvy, lightning bolts to your chest? That's what I used to get with what I call anxiety, right? They'd like zap me. All of these feelings we spend years learning to not feel starting and starting to identify with them, label them so you can easily recognize them because from your feelings, you can understand that your thoughts create them and we have the power to think. And that is, that is the game changer right there, right? You take ownership, you take control. We have the power We can go through life thinking it's happening to us. Poor me. My mom has cancer. My kid's across the ocean. I feel alone. I'm the worst mother ever. I'm going to lose my mom. And on and on it could go. And of course, these were thoughts that were putting me in my ball of misery, right? Can you see it? And do you agree with this, that you can choose what to decide to think? You make decisions all the time, so you can probably agree with that. So in the understanding that our thoughts create the feeling and they cause our actions, the think-feel-act cycle, right? In this process, we realize that we are creating our world. Everything exists because of a thought. As I started to practice this through coaching my mind, I really began to understand that I could create whatever I wanted and figure out how to do it. And then it started getting interesting. I started to wonder what if and asked myself even bigger questions, right? What if I could continue thoughts about my mother, even with her body riddled with cancer disease that are full of love and joy? What if it just is as it's supposed to be? And I've worked consciously to have thoughts of gratitude uh, when I think of my mom and remind myself how much power I have to remember the joy and honor her to live in this love she shared with me. What if my relationship with my daughter 2,500 miles away could be epic? What would it look like? What if motherhood transcends space and is so much more important than me being physically present? I began to create adventures for us to have. I involved her in planning and on our phone calls, we'd have something to look forward to. And I made sure every chance I got, she just knew how important she was. But most of all, I dedicated myself to becoming the best I can be in this world. I began creating my life and following my dreams so I could show her how to do this for herself and build hers and put herself first through my example. Not being up in her grill 24 hours a day and preaching at her, but living my life and showing her. 
And of course, the support her dad has given on this journey has been key. And I obviously miss her in between our adventures. But now I know how to manage my mind and know that in doing what lights me up, it's lighting her up too. And we talk about things like future selves and I can see her mind work expanding as she grows and how proud she is of me of what I'm creating. I think about how grateful I am to be able to do amazing things with her and show her parts of the world she can't see from the island. Therefore, the RV, right? For those of you that don't know, I bought an RV and have been traveling the country as I've been running my business. And this is where the thought came from. I thought, you know, wouldn't that be cool if I could just take work on the road while I have Millie's so she could see things that she doesn't get to see on the island. You know, we can see parts of the U.S. of the States. And I said this on a Facebook Live at some point. Next thing you know, I'm creating it and now I'm living it. When I think of my mom, you guys, I choose to think about how amazing she is and how blessed I was to have her here with me. Am I sad? Sometimes, but I'm now conscious of this feeling and I'm sad because I'm choosing to be sad. I'm deciding to experience the feeling and I have the power and sometimes it's okay to sit in an emotion. I don't have to change them all and I don't need to. This is the power that helps with weight loss too. When I realized I could sit in emotions, that it was okay to feel and allow things To understand I have tools to deal with them that don't involve food, wine, or Netflix. I realize, you know, I can miss my daughter and feel a bit sad about it and also get joyous and be full of gratitude. And as the gratitude grows in my chest, it squeezes that sadness out. Try it. You know, when you get to a space of where you're just so grateful and it's all-encompassing love and bliss, it just can't exist. And this is why gratitude practices are so powerful. It's in this place we find peace, love, and joy. Harnessing your power is a lifelong journey and it takes time and awareness. You can build your power and awareness now. You can find it in meditation, in the space where you reach, where you experience that universal connection, where you understand that even though your loved ones aren't here, that you are a part of them, they're a part of you, that it never ends and it never stops. You will find this through a practice you build of meditation. Eternity, that is peace and understanding this, and you have this a tool to get there whenever you need it. And you can find the power in managing your mind too and learning how to see your emotions, how to be with them and ultimately how to affect your thoughts and create things in this world. So you see, you guys, you have this power, whether we are lonely, lost, grieving, separated from loved ones, we have the power to choose how we want to feel, how we want to show up in the world for these people we love and have loved, for those that are no longer here. How would my mom want me to show up every day? I can tell you without hesitation, She would want me to show up with love and joy and leave the sadness behind. She would not want me to mope around and be sad about her. I would guess the same could be said for you and your loved ones that have passed. And if they would not want that for you, then maybe just jump right to the mind work on that one, (laughs) right? Because I know when I leave, I want everyone I love to do nothing but think of me with joy and love. It's my like greatest wish. 
We can take this power back. We don't have to be victims of a pandemic or our life situations. We can rise up and ask ourselves, how do we want to feel? How do we want to create? It can change everything. Instead of thinking, I'm so sad I can't be with my daughter this Christmas, I'm asking myself, how can I connect more with my daughter across the ocean? What are some new ways we can experience this? Virtual board games, Zoom calls, more adventure plans, make a movie for her out of summer adventures, create a dream excursion next year, manifest myself to Hawaii this winter. What else, right? What else can I come up with? As the memories of my mom keep popping up on Facebook, you got to love the Facebook memories, right? My heart naturally swells with love and joy now. And I think that if I had not spent all of this time practicing to think of her with joy, love, and gratitude, that I would not immediately have that feeling. If I would have spent my time thinking, oh, I'm so sad. I miss my mom that she's not here to be with me instead of just being so grateful for all of the time I did have and how much magic she brought to my world, right? And I can remember whatever I choose to remember about that relationship. Why not remember greatness in any of your relationships? Memories only exist in our mind. Ah, the power of that. And the art of practicing this feeling about my mom, I think I've, it's like I've created a habit of it. It's part of my belief system now. Just like it was part of my belief system to sacrifice myself for everything and everyone else, now it's part of my belief system that I just see love and joy in everything and in eternity. And what else is possible to train our brains with? I hope you can join me in finding out and that you found some of this, any of it helpful. Leave me a comment. And as always, I appreciate your reviews and sharing with your friends. It really means the world to me. And if you don't yet meditate, challenge yourself this year to do a short five-minute meditation every day or join a meditation challenge. Start the habit. Remember baby steps in building habits too. You can learn to manage your mind right now. Learn more about the Think, Feel, Act cycle and how you can apply it to your life. You can head over to namaslayer.com and head over to my website and find other ways to work through this process with me too. I am sending you so much light and love this week, you guys. Go find some stillness and bring the heart sing to your world regardless of your circumstance. Remember, it's our choice how we want to feel. So take your power back, own it, and start to wonder what if? Explore those answers for yourself. Until next week, witches and bitches, slay her out. <laughs>